morning, friends. I'm Latia, one of your pastors at Bel Air UMC. Before we go to the sermon, let us go to God in prayer. Oh, gracious God, we bless your holy name and we thank you that your Holy Spirit dwells with us. Father God, though we are in many places and spaces physically, we thank you that your Holy Spirit brings us together, one in the Spirit. I pray, O oh Lord, that we would feel your omnipresence and that we would know your love. Today, as we hear the message, we pray that you would open our hearts, that we may hear a word from you. And Lord God, as the word is preached, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, my rock and redeemer. Amen. So we continue in our Wonderland sermon series today, and it begins with a story from the book of Ruth found in the Old Testament. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to the book of Ruth, but the text is also in the worship guide, so you can always refer there. This series has been a very fresh take on walking through the wilderness and a reminder of the everlasting love that God provides and gives to us so freely. Even when things seem a little bit bleak, God's love is never far from us. God is with us even when we are in the darkest valley, even when we find ourselves in what looks like a wilderness and in the midst of wilderness, we are reminded that we can trust in God because we serve a God who is a good, good father, who is forever faithful, whose hand guides us with amazing wonder. Psalm 23 was our first passage of the series, a passage that many church folks learn at a very early age. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. I think in any wilderness situation, the soul tends to need to be restored. Our second passage was from Luke chapter four, the story of Jesus being tempted by the enemy in the wilderness. And in that wilderness experience, even when things seem out of control or uncomfortable, we're reminded that that's okay because we live by the word of God. Even when we're hungry, when we're weary or scared, we are reminded that we don't need to have every little thing in the world at our fingertips. And we certainly don't need to put God to the test because he's faithful. And again, he is a good, good father. And then last week, sticking with the Gospel of Luke in chapter 10, we learned what it means to not only have a good, good father, but to be a good, good neighbor. In the parable, Jesus told the lawyer who was trying to test him, the road between Jerusalem and Jericho, it was a wilderness and a man was left there. He had been robbed. He was broken. He was helpless. He was hurt. Yet he still found help but it was from an unexpected source. God sent help for God's mercy endures forever. God's mercy itself is a wonder and his love is its own wonderland. So no matter where you are in a wilderness wonderland, hope is always just around the corner. 
And so today we continue to explore and experience the wilderness and the wonder. The book of Ruth begins with the background story of a woman by a different name, Naomi. Naomi was going through a series of wilderness experiences of her own. She was in the wilderness of famine, the wilderness of grief, the wilderness of immigration, and the wilderness of eventually trying to return home and reclaim her identity. Let's read Ruth chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, and we'll go through verse 7. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem and Judah went to live in the country of Moab, he and his wife and two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malan and Kilian, and they were Ephratites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These two took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. When they had lived there about 10 years, both Malan and Kilian also died, so that the woman, Naomi, was left without her two sons and her two husbands. Then she started to return with her daughters-in-law from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she had been living, which is Moab, she and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So verse one tells us of two unique wilderness experiences. You see where this certain man who we know as Elimelech, he was from Judah and there was a famine and it was a place where the name of it was house of bread, but there was not enough to eat. It was a place where there was scarcity and the scarcity of food causes not only hunger, but oftentimes death. That, my friends, is a wilderness. Elimelech had a wife and two sons to take care of. So I imagine that he was in survival mode. And when you're in survival mode, you might do some things you wouldn't normally do. You might go some places you wouldn't normally go under the best of normal circumstances. When you're in survival mode, a person will do whatever they have to do to survive. I was reading a really fun book recently. It's entitled Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. He's a really funny comedian. But he was telling his life story and how much of his life during apartheid and after apartheid ended, he lived in South Africa. The idea of living in survival mode helps you see that sometimes you would do some things you wouldn't normally agree with. They may go against your ethics. They may go against your faith. They may go against everything you believe in. But when you're trying to survive, you don't always think about those things. You're just trying to survive. And so Elimelech was trying to survive. He moved to Moab. 
Moab was not the friendliest place for someone coming from Judah. You see, Elimelech, he had loyalties, strong loyalties in Judah. The Bible calls him a certain man. And for us, the word certain may not seem like that big of a deal, but because he is referred to as a certain man, it, it tells us that he was well established in his homeland. So to leave his homeland was a big deal. And going to Moab was an even bigger deal because it was one of the most detested and despised foreign lands among the Israelites, Israelite communities. This was a really big deal. Elimelech had to move to a place that perhaps he hated, possibly looked down on a place on the other side of the theoretical track because there he and his family might survive. And the wilderness experience puts you sometimes in survival mode. Would they be welcome though? Would they be scorned? Were they to be treated like some countries today treat persons fleeing danger and hunger and famine? It's something for us to think about, to wonder about. Did the Moabites, also human beings made in the image of God, despise the Israelites in return? Well, from this text, we don't know. But what we do know is that history tells us that the Moabites and the Israelites were not allies. In fact, they were enemies. And what we also know is that in spite of all of that, in spite of division, in spite of conflict, in spite of not necessarily being allies, Elimelech and his family made a home there in Moab. Moab is just east of Judah, and it's a place named for the scandalous offspring of Lot and his daughter. You know Lot, the cousin of Abraham. We remember them from Genesis. It's also the place where the Israelites wandered while they were waiting to get to the promised land. It's a place where Moses died and was buried. Elimelech made a home in a very literal and historical wilderness. But in this wilderness place called Moab, there was also a wonderland of hope. There was life, and Elimelech and his family survived, at least for a while. Elimelech eventually did die there, and his sons did too years after they married Moabite women. And during that time, if a woman was a widow with no grown children, life could be hopeless. So at the end of our text that we read today, Naomi is setting off on a journey but that's not where her story ends. No, Naomi and her daughters-in-law are headed back to Judah, where Naomi was originally from. But remember, the daughters-in-law were Moabites. Naomi was hoping to reclaim her identity and a safe place in the community. But a woman identity was tied to the men in her life, a father, a husband, sons, and she had none of these. So in many ways, Naomi had no identity. So she would need a redeemer. She would need someone to take her back into the fold, someone to acknowledge her as an Israelite among Israelites. Now, I can't imagine that that journey west 
to Judah from Moab was an easy one or one that Naomi would have wanted to take alone. It was probably more than 50 miles on foot. You had to go around a river, a large body of water. But Naomi did something rather unique. She was going with her daughters-in-law, but she told them, you go on back home. I'll go to Judah by myself. She told Orpah and Ruth to go back to Moab, where they came from. Now, on the surface, this seems quite noble because Naomi tells the story of, I can't give birth to sons for you to marry. And during that time, if they were Israelites, these women would have needed to marry the sons of the 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 woman who birthed their their previous husbands. They would have needed to marry their hus previous husband's brothers. And Naomi has no ability or intentions of giving birth to more sons. And so on the surface, it sounds great. Go back to your land, have more babies, have hope, have a future, live happily ever after, and amen. But in reality, like Elimelech in the beginning, Naomi was also in survival mode. Have you ever been in survival mode? It's a lot easier to feed one person than it is to feed three in survival mode. And I mean, there are also all sorts of things that go through our minds in survival mode. If you haven't been there, perhaps it's hard to relate to what happens. But sometimes, again, things go through your mind that may not have on a good day. You might be a little bit more selfish. You might be a little bit more mindful of stereotypes. Naomi was returning to Judah from Moab, which was enemy territory. Naomi no longer had an identity because her identity was tied to the men in her life who were gone. Naomi was coming from enemy territory so it's a good chance that Naomi would have looked like an enemy. And having these two Moabite women with her did not help her chances of being welcomed back into the fold. Moab, Moabite women had a bad reputation among Israelites. The stereotypes that would follow Ruth and Orpah, they were very unkind. So bringing them along for the ride wouldn't help Naomi's position. Naomi needed to look out for Naomi. But little did Naomi know that because of the love of God shown through Ruth, who insisted on going with her on the journey anyway, that because of that, hope was just around the corner and God's love showed through Ruth. Throughout the book of Ruth, we read a story of reconnection, of reframing and redemption. Naomi is reconnected with her cousin's line. Ruth proves to be the opposite of all the things Israelites believe about Moabite women. And ultimately, Ruth remarries into the family through Boaz, redeeming Naomi from a future of uncertainty. God provided for them for with a place of security, a place of hope, even though they walked through the valley of the shadow of death. God provided for them, even when they were tempted to trust in their own ideas, 
And he reminded them that his love, his chesed, his unfailing love is never far away, even when we're in a wilderness. That's a wonderland. And just like in our reading last week, help came from possibly the most unlikely place because the spirit of God, it's breathed into us all. It's a reminder that we should never judge a book by its cover or a person by the places that they come from or the color of their skin. It's a reminder that by God's grace, even in the wilderness, we can experience a wonderland. Ruth went on to be a part of the lineage of the line of King David and ultimately a part of the genealogical story of our great and eternal Redeemer, Jesus. Jesus knew that it takes all kinds, especially in the wilderness. And we can trust in God and always remember that through Christ, hope is just around the corner. God is never far from us. Where the spirit of the Lord is, even in the wilderness, there too is liberty and a wonderland. Let us pray. Holy and eternal God. You have formed us in your image. You have given us new life by your spirit. You have brought us through both gentle and tough times. We give you thanks for your open heart and your open door by the redeeming power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for your warm embrace and grant that we may embrace you and one another in return, even in the midst of our own wilderness. Help us to know that hope is always just around the corner. In the name of Jesus, our blessed Redeemer, amen.